Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to our monthly meetup where we share all our favorite resources that are Law of Attraction related, including books and interviews and movies. And, ooh, I started to watch a really cool Facebook live video with um, Dr. Joe Dispenza and Lynn McTaggart. I didn't catch the beginning of it, but the couple minutes that I listened to, I saved the video on the GVU Facebook page because I could tell I was going to want to go back to it and listen to the whole thing and be able to take some notes to share in the forum. So that's one tip right off the bat that I can share that has already inspired me. And I will be sharing today about Feel Free to Prosper by Marilyn Jennett, but um, I'm happy for us to start with, with whatever someone else is excited to share. Who has brought something that you've been inspired by or you think others might get some benefit from? Well, I can share. <laughs> Fabulous. Thanks, Mim. Is this the first month we we didn't read the same book? You did. Am I right in thinking you didn't get a copy of Feel Free to Prosper? Right. I okay. think. But uh, next month, we're going to be back in sync. I went a little off the rails. In November. Oh, well, <laughs> oh, and, and what it is is really, I'm just not caught up with what you, with what you were reading. I'm like always a month behind you. But I was thinking we might want to take a look at um, Supernatural, Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. I think that's what he was promoting with that yes. Facebook Live video. I uh, downloaded that book and I have not looked at it. I'm just going to wait until um, oh, December. Until so yeah, we actually read it together. That'd be cool. Yes, <laughs> yes. we're going to read it together. Cool. But I read um, I read three books, but um, yeah, I went a little crazy. I think um, the first book I read was The Power of Kindness: The Unexpected Benefits of Leading a Compassionate Life um, by uh, Pierre Ferrucci. It was really really good. It was long, but um, he talks about the power of kindness and that it's not just about being kind, but that it it, it expands into all these different topics. And so he shares these in chapters of, um, you know, we know what kindness is, but he talks about how, you know, why people, how touristic people enjoy better health and why trusting individuals live longer. And why is it that if you smile, you're perceived as more attractive? And why is it more advantageous for people with pets? And why elderly can talk more with others and have less probability of con- con- getting um, Alzheimer's? and why children who receive more love and attention grow healthier. So he goes into like honesty and harmlessness and warmth and forgiveness, contact, sense of belonging and trust and mindfulness, um, empathy, humility, patience, generosity, respect, flexibility, memory, loyalty, gratitude, and service and joy. Um, I'm not going to share everything from here on my notes, but um, if anybody wants to read or uh, share with somebody else a book on kindness, I would definitely recommend it. It's it's a very, very positive book. Um, 
It's was, just there, was there anything about it, Ming, that like it gave you new insights around kindness, or was it pretty much what we would expect? I think it's what you would expect, but he puts it all in like one place. So um, that's why I liked it, I think. I, I wouldn't say that I learned anything really exciting and new, which would lead me to my next book, Which because then I got really well, excited. So. You did share some quotes from Power of Kindness that I liked. I didn't save them for for this call, but if you've got three books to share about, maybe I should let you move on to the one you got excited about. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, two, two books and then um, one – the Super Soul Sunday. So the one I really, really liked, it got me even more excited, is a book called Real Artists Don't Starve, Timeless Strategies for Thriving in the New Creative Age. And I was, I got it in Nashville at a bookstore that was um, run by an independent lady. And she was, you know, it's like Amazon versus, you know, the independent bookstore. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to go in there. I wanted to support the bookstore, which is why I bought all those books, which I mailed to you. But but I downloaded them. And when I started reading this one, when I, the title caught my eye, because I don't consider myself an artist. But here's the thing. When I read the title, I kind of thought, well, I think coaches kind of fall in there. Because I think we're kind of artists in what we do. And it was funny because he actually includes coaches. So, oh, wow. like, yeah, so that's why I really, I really like. Did he mean coaches. like coaches, like sports coaches, or coaches like life coaches, or life maybe coaches? Both. Right on. Yeah. So, which was kind of cool because then I was like, oh, I was, I read the title, or I got the energy from the title, right? Um, and he gives a lot of examples of different people. He starts out with this guy um, who came. Let's see, his name is Adrian. He played for the Phillies, Adrian Cardenas. And he came over to this country because his immigrant parents sent him here. And he loved baseball. And he literally had a signing bonus of like a million dollars. And he took off. And he's playing baseball and, you know, doing everything that he thought he wanted to do. But that's not what he wanted to do. He really just wanted to write poems. And so eventually... (laughs) Eventually, what he does is he goes and he follows his passion, but people are, of course, freaking out around him. And um, another example he gives is, um, so he says, sometimes in life, the script we're given no longer fits the story we want to live. We realize the rules we were following were assigned by someone who did not have our best interests in mind, and now we must do something about it. Um, He talks about John Grisham when he finished A Time to Kill. He pitched it to 40 publishers. Everybody rejected the book. But he was unfazed. He just continued working on his new novel. And he said he didn't quit his job. He just he wrote a page a day. I remember sharing this with you because we were talking about writing. And then eventually, he, you know, his books took off. Um, I think what I think the last thing where, where he kind of puts the book together, he says he calls it a new renaissance that we're in. So he says this new renaissance is not only possible, it's here. We only need to recognize that if our work is going to thrive, we need to embrace the new rules of what it means to be an artist. Like Adrian Cardenas, we must reimagine what we think is possible for a creative career. We must become apprentices, humbling ourselves that we can become masters. We must be wary of our stubbornness and use our grit to conquer the challenges we face. We win over patrons and build networks. And he does... He, he does a chapter on each of these words, actually. This was at the end of the book, and I thought it was a great summary. 
and build networks and learn the discipline of charging for our work, like Stephanie. Halligan, we must not be afraid to share our work, and we must borrow and steal our influences as Jim Henson did and make money from art. These thriving artists often um, have a challenge to our own bodies of work. Recreating yourself means letting go of who you were before and accepting a new identity. It means walking away from people that said you should be in exchange for something better. Inevitably, this means we have to break some rules. Maybe they are even rules of our parents or society. Maybe they are the rules we gave ourselves. So for me, it spoke a lot to me just because it's kind of like how my life has kind of evolved. Remember, I used to be a pharmacist and then of course, my parents still think I am, but, but, you know, but I feel like now I'm kind of like in this new renaissance, right? I'm doing this kind of art thing, which I never really thought I should be doing or was supposed to do, and it's just kind of evolved. So um, I just think, uh, yes, and to Susan, Parnassus books, Parnassus is where I went in Nashville. Um, then I don't know if any of you, uh, Nancy, did you may have seen this on Super Soul Sunday where Eckhart Tolle talks to Oprah? I, um, yeah, uh-huh. Did you see it? I took notes. Yeah, so, I did see it. So maybe you can comment on it, too. I watched it. I just thought it was awesome. So I took some notes, and I was sharing it with Jeanette, and I thought we could share. I could share it here. It's not. It's, it's about 30 minutes. If anybody that wants to Google it, it's really cool. Um, he talks about the state of the new earth and how 10 years ago we said we were moving to a higher consciousness. Are we here? This divide is a big challenge. And a challenge can be a personal or a collective where millions are challenged. Now it's a collective challenge. People are identified with their own minds to derive their sense of self from certain thoughts. To you, truth, such as I am a Republican or a Democrat, etc. Your ego is your identification with your mental state. You are part of consciousness and separate from your thoughts by observing. Everyone comes into your own evolution and we are all awakening on our own. If you can hear this, you're in a higher state of being. Life will give you what you are needed because this is the experience that you are having. So you can't argue with the present moment. If you do, then that's suffering. The entire universe has been moving to this point in time. We can accept this moment if we choose to. And then he's saying some people can't handle that they manifested it. But do not deny this moment. Resisting creates more anxiety. Watch your mind. Be aware of what your mind is doing to be that observer so that your mind isn't controlling you. Not to be able to see humanity in another human being. This dehumanizes another human being. This is what terrorism is. And the person that told me about watching this, she was saying when she heard this, she was believing he was referring to Trump. So I thought it was interesting. Mm. Um, anger on social media feeds is challenging. The challenges and obstacles seem to arise, and some people think they're being sabotaged. You will realize the world isn't here just to make you happy politically, that's the divisiveness. One goal is to become more human, to become more conscious. This is here to bring up the best. The challenge has us to go deeper and to, to transcend and to be fully here. So I, I was really moved by that. I just thought it was really good at the time um, during you know, all this political stuff. So those are the three things I really enjoyed this month. So what are you reading right now, Ming? Well, I was going to... Well, I'm reading right now is just for um For pleasure. fun? You're reading some fiction yeah. for fun? Atticus, the, the Druid Chronicles. I'm trying to catch up. Oh. Um, I'm reading book eight. But come December, I'm going to read that other one. Well, didn't we have another one we were going to check out for December? Or I don't was know. 
I don't think it was becoming supernatural. I think it was something else. Really? Yes. <laughs> but if neither one of us can remember it, it's probably not happening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to cross our desks again. Yes. Huh. But but again, real artists don't starve. I would recommend that to anybody that really wants to get just um, it's it's a fast read. It's a fun book. Um, I would recommend it, especially to coaches who are thinking they're artists, and because it, it talks about money too and how we that's, know. That's what I should, wanted to ask about. What I yeah. heard the quotes you were sharing sounded like inspiration to follow where your heart leads you. But how do you monetize that? Did it and it the book did address that? Yeah, like how to not does. starve. He talks about what he says. He calls it um, thriving. You're thriving and not starving, so you become a thriving artist. So the whole time he's comparing what an artist, a starving artist, would do, and what a thriving artist would do. And so he talks about different examples um, in the chapters of how to do that. And he's talking about how you know you don't have to necessarily come from just you know, how we grow from others, and so we get, you know, ideas from others. And he said that's where he calls it, quote, the stealing, because he says you don't have to come from just, like, nothing and create something. He says everybody is building upon somebody else, and then as you keep going, you be- it becomes your own. And um, he definitely says to charge. And um, and he says people, he talked about a lot of artists um, that really did see the value in what the work that they do. And he says, people will pay, you know. And then he talks about getting patrons and people build, will come and help you or they'll come and want to promote you um, and building networks and stuff. And that, that's all the money part. So there's actually a lot in the book about talking about money. So, um, again, I, I like that book a lot. So I think you'll like it. You can thumb through it, Jeanette. will probably read it really fast in one afternoon. Cool. Right on. Well, it's like up the top of my book list. So so thanks for passing copies along to me. I'll probably put them in the GVU library once I get through them. So if anyone else is interested in reading a hard copy, I'll be done with them shortly, unless you want them back, Ming. Should we put them in the no, library? No, 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 no. Pass them on. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. We're a, a physical on. book collector. <laughs> no. <laughs> I love Ming, my I Kindle. So, yeah. Ming, I have a question about the uh, Jeff Gwynne's book. Does he talk about burnout when artists reach a point of burnout? Mm, I don't think he really addresses that. Well, he might, but not that I can recall. That um, part didn't speak to Ming. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, that's the really one thing I, yeah, I see a lot. I see people who try and try and try and try and try and try and try for so long that they just get, you know, into a state of burnout. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I so then, when they hear yeah. the then when they hear the message, you got to take action. They're just so burnt out that it just it overwhelms them, and they oh. don't even know what action to take because they've taken every action known to man, and they don't know what to do with it. You know, they're yeah. I think this book is more to encourage people that are not doing something in the art, you know, part to encourage to follow your dream because he's talked he talks a lot about how we how we're doctors and we're this and that because we were told to be, which is true. You know, that's how I was raised. But you're not taught to follow inside what you're really your dream is, right? So, right. Um, and so that's, I think, what he's trying to encourage people to do. And then he gives examples of people that have followed, that have changed or they're shifting or becoming in the new renaissance, right? Or how our life is changing, which is what I was saying, how we're 
it just doesn't fit the story that we're in now. So. Hmm. Sounds interesting. And Jeanette, were you going to review Feel Free to Prosper and the Sacred Ego? I am I am going to review the Sacred Ego on another call. I haven't cracked that one yet, but okay. uh, I am prepared to share about Feel Free to Prosper, which um, I lost for several days, and I actually started to wonder if it was a sign. Maybe I wasn't supposed to finish this book, but then I think it was night before last I found it again. So, uh, yeah, so here's the full title, Feel Free to Prosper, Two Weeks to Unexpected Income with the Simplest Prosperity Laws Available by Marilyn Jennett. It's J-E-N-E-T-T. And she's got a foreword in here by, I want to say, Peggy McCall. Does that sound familiar to anyone? Um, let me just pull it up. Forward by Peggy McCall, the author of The Best Seller Maker. I feel like I've read something else from Peggy McCall, or maybe I don't know her. Anyway, uh, Peggy had the first thing I read was Peggy saying, you know, there's a bunch of these books, but I was pleasantly surprised at this one. She said the the, the book maintained a deep interest all the way through chapter by chapter. I was still a little skeptical when I started it, but uh, I can I can understand where Peggy was coming from when she gave that rave review about it because boy, this she covers. The, the format of the book is that it's basically deliberate creation principles. There's a chapter devoted to each one, and each chapter is just a couple pages long. And uh, and then in the second half, boy, she's got this like crazy big buildup for how amazing her feel free to prosper system is. And then it's like just lesson one of a two-month home study course in it, but but that, and you could probably hear from my exasperated sigh that it felt a little bit like big, big buildup. I'm going to give you the biggest secrets. It's all you ever know. It's amazing results. All my students have it. And then it's like it, the the thing that – and often – this is often the case. The thing that's so powerful is super simple, so it's easy to overlook. But I did feel like there was – a lot of this book was a buildup for – a teeny-weeny little lesson, which I will share. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Okay, um, I cracked myself up. So I just want to give some of the contents of the chapters. Um, there's one on affirmations and why you may not get results. There's one on source. There's one on the powerful principle of gratitude, uh, the solution to any problem, how to handle setbacks, faith, the power of the word. Ooh, I did like. You don't. Ooh, yeah. There was actually some good stuff in here. Let me let me fast forward to see how quickly I could find it. I dog-eared a, the first half, but I didn't have a pen with me. I didn't start marking things up until the second half. Oh, she says I tell every student that they they must eliminate negative words from their vocabulary especially at the beginning during the delicate stage of shifting the subconscious thought patterns. She sounds like she's studied Abraham, but she credits Dr. Joseph Murphy most of the time. She quoted a little Catherine Ponder. But I I get the impression that she was a she's a big 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 fan of Joseph Murphy because she's talking about the subconscious a lot. And you know, what I've learned from Abraham about the subconscious is they said 
quit thinking about it. If it's subconscious, it's not activating anything. It's not, it has no power. And if you're aware of it, then it's not subconscious. <laughs> it's conscious. So Abraham poopahs the idea of the subconscious, which I get. Their logic makes sense to me. And yet, when I read Joseph Murphy's Power of the Subconscious Mind, I got to say, I, I was pretty inspired by that. So, uh, yeah, where I don't know where. Everyone probably, we had a discussion about that not too long ago on the forums, I think. Um, so, yeah, eliminate negative, negative words from your vocabulary. Yeah, that's part of her actual lesson. I think it's like step four. You cannot say anything negative about your money ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's talking about, oh, the subconscious acceptance through faith and repetition. Um, I sure wish I would have. I sure wish I would have marked what I thought was really cool there. So, oh, yeah, and she says what to say. When when you're repeating your affirmations but they feel like lies, she said, you, we're not lying. We are not ignoring reality. We are creating a new reality, the reality we truly desire. Our words create our feelings. Our words and feelings create our reality, a reality that is moldable and always subject to change. So... She just tells people, get over it if you feel like, because you know a lot of people say affirmations don't work because your subconscious will reject anything it knows not to be true. She's like, you just got to say it even if it feels like it's not true. You've got to be willing to repeat it. But she also has, instead of forming in her lesson, she has you repeat two words, wealth and success, not in the form of an affirmation, just the words because the subconscious is less likely to reject it because it's not formulated in an actual thought. It's just the two words to be repeated. Hmm. Um, she's got a, oh, let me just fast forward. I did dog ear a fair number of pages. And, and I won't say there, was, there wasn't anything here that felt new, but I liked the way she was sharing the principles. I'm, I'm going to give this book a thumbs up. Um, she, she's talking about the law of reversed effort, which I thought would be really handy for everyone in business or really everyone who's creating anything to remember because she says the harder you try to do something, the harder you try to do something, the less chance you have of achieving it. Trying implies a negative. It suggests to the mind that you may not accomplish. Even Yoda in Star Wars recognized this truth when he wisely said, do or do not, there is no try. Uh, She goes on to speak about that reversed effort thing. She says, "Um, did you ever have an important problem to solve and tried everything to find a solution but to no avail? Then, if only from sheer exhaustion you gave up and suddenly the answer appeared, She writes, we might say that in order to reap, there is a time to sow and a time to let go. That's actually what Joe Dispenza was talking about in the Facebook Live video that I really liked. He said, there is such a thing as intending too hard, and there is such a thing as over-surrendering. He said, and he called it a razor's edge. I didn't like that thought. (laughs) I'd like to think of it as a much bigger place than that, but but finding that sweet spot between the two... um, is the trick. I really do want to listen to him again on that. Uh, She's got a chapter on how long it takes something to reach fruition. 
And she says, it really depends on your beliefs and your ability to release the results and the elements to be aligned by creative intelligence. She's talking about synchronicity and your ability to trust and your acceptance of the done deal. (laughs) Those are the factors she says come into play as to how long your thing is going to take. But she, it, her, her work reminded me a lot of Neville Goddard. Ooh, that's what you just said in chat room, Nancy. Dr. Joseph Murphy was a disciple of Neville, Neville Goddard. That makes sense because she's repeating a lot of Murphy's teachings about you just got to own it now. You cannot wait. In fact, she's got a, she said, I made up a new law, she writes. I'd like to quote her so I don't get this wrong. I made up a new law. It's called the Law of Satisfaction, where she says that, oh yeah, here it is. I created a new universal law. Well, actually, I think the universe created it and just decided that I would be the one to teach it, and here's how it goes. You know, okay, I'll let let her have it. I believe that when most people address the Law of Attraction, they do so with the belief that they don't have what they want, that they want to attract it. If we desire something, if we want something, if we want to attract something, what is the message that we are giving to our subconscious mind? There's only one reason you do not have what you want. You do not have what you want because your subconscious is filled with the thought of not having what you want. As long as the thought of not having remains in your mind, you will continue to not have. So if you accept this premise, then the way to have what you want is to change your consciousness to the thought of having what you want. Sounds so Neville Goddard to me. The reason you have not had the prosperity you desire is because there is faulty subconscious conditioning related to this. And she says, now that this is the harsh reality, as long as you continue to believe the same fact in the present moment, conditions will remain exactly the same and you will continue to have the same experiences. Same old, same old. And then she writes, help is on the way. The techniques you are learning and applying are helping to create a a subconscious acceptance of your prosperity. I don't understand how she can call it subconscious when we're reading it. This is very conscious. Anyway, when you have accepted the fact that you are prosperous, money will come to you as naturally as the sunrise. Struggle will cease to exist and avenues for prosperity will open to you effortlessly. And she said, note that I said, are prosperous. The fact that you are prosperous, she said in the previous paragraph, not will be prosperous. That's right. I said, when you have accepted the fact that you are prosperous now, this moment, until you feel that you are prosperous and have money now, in this very moment, you cannot be prosperous. And she says, let me repeat that. Until you feel that you are prosperous and have money now in this very moment, you cannot be prosperous. That's the law. I didn't create it. That's just the way it is. I don't think she made that up. I think that's from a lot of other teachers, and I think it is incredibly powerful, which is why I dog-eared this page, because I completely agree that there is something super powerful about deciding to be it now, to come from the end result. Um, and I think a lot of teachers, they might not call it the law of satisfaction, but you know what, kind of, yes, classic Neville, I agree, Nancy. Um, there was, oh yeah, I had shared with a client recently about something I'd been playing with. I might have posted about this in the forum, and I think I have a draft podcast on how I've been playing with I'm having what I want, like that affirming that um, that this is how I like it, that this is things working out for me, even if it's just the cat sitting in my lap. I'm having what I want. I'm wearing my favorite sweater. I'm having what I want. As I'm activating that vibration of having what I want, it feels a lot like what she's talking about here with the law of satisfaction. And, and this is why appreciation is such a powerful practice because it's 
it allows us to vibrate now what we would be feeling then, and that's what makes us a good match for it. So the single most immediate thing you can do right now to increase your income, she invites everyone to, to come up with your own answer. And then she says, the answer is change your words. Change the words that you speak to reflect those spoken by a successful person, a person who has money, words that represent what you want in life. Eliminate any words or phrases from your vocabulary that represent the opposite of what you want. If you really want to increase your cash flow quickly, think and speak as if you already have that cash flow. Nancy, that kind of reminded me of the I Am Discourses with the emphasis on the power of words, uh, and I agree with that. And also the Dynamic Laws of Prosperity by Catherine Ponder. She's yep. very strong about that, too. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's the lesson. I'm fast-forwarding to the end of the book. Again, this the concepts she's sharing here, by and large, I, I'm totally on board with. The emphasis on the subconscious, you could maybe hear a little, uh, I'm not too sure there, but... Uh, but here's the lesson, and I just heard myself take a breath because, oh, my God, I had to read this thing like three times because it was like so easy to miss. Also, she didn't like write it into this book. She just, she just, it's like she copied and pasted it in. Like the home study stuff she'd been delivering to other, to her students, she just copied and pasted lesson one and literally stuck it in here. So she didn't adjust any of the copy for people who've already been reading her stuff all along. Okay. She said, the lesson homework does not take much time at all. You will spend about 10 to 15 minutes per day writing as I instruct, and the rest of the lesson will be absorbed in your mind as you go about your daily business. Your consciousness will be automatically changing to attract what you want instead of what you don't want, and your subconscious will become your friend. How long will it take to get results? It could be instantly up to two weeks. Um, okay. I, it was interesting. She talks about two weeks too, because I've mentioned before, I, and I'm I might have gotten it from Abraham, or maybe it's just from from everyone else. That yeah, if you aren't seeing something happen within two weeks, then you're not plugged in like you think you are, because it doesn't take that long. Okay, so her lesson one is something like. It's so frustrating to have to read it like. Oh, and all she also says in the affirmations, do not change any words in the affirmations of this first lesson. I have specially composed each affirmation, purposely use specific words that will not create resistance in the subconscious. If you change even one word, it may prevent you from getting the intended results. So don't get creative at this time. Follow my instructions <laughs> to the letter. Okay, she's not, she's not fooling around. And then I'm still looking. I'm still looking. She, there's a, I'm still looking. Where is this first affirmation? She didn't make it easy to find this stuff. I, I can't tell you how many times I flipped through here going, am I missing it? What is it? Okay. Okay, homework. Okay. Study lesson one. Read it several times. Don't just think about it. Absorb it and feel its meaning. Here are two words that you are to say several times a day for several minutes. The subconscious mind is very open to suggestion when we are in the relaxed alpha state upon falling asleep and when we awaken. These are excellent times to repeat these words, but also repeat them during the day. Wealth, success. Wealth, success. Wealth, success. She's repeated it three times here in bold letters. The repetition of these words will start to create the feeling of wealth and success within you. There is a reason I'm having you just say the words and not turn them into an affirmation. By just saying the words, you are not creating an argument in the subconscious with regard to finances. 
Then, step number three. There is an affirmation I'm going to give you at this time. This particular one is going to speed up your progress and also prepare you for future lessons, which we don't get in this book. Okay, uh, that affirmation is, she says, write this affirmation by hand 25 times, and she is very serious about doing it by hand. She's not a type-it-out kind of girl, and she's got a link to something that will convince you why that's so, if you are unconvinced. Here's that affirmation. I easily accept new prosperity thoughts, and I am prepared to increase my income now. That's the one. You're supposed to write it out 25 times by hand every day. Don't change a single word. Okay, number four. (laughs) She's got a proper setup for this one. Okay, get ready for this one. This is big. But if you want to get results sooner than later, you need to do this. This is not for the faint-hearted. No negative statements about your finances. She's got that bolded. And with capital letters, <laughs> no negative words regarding money, no conversation with families, friends, lovers, pets, business associates, strangers, creditors, extraterrestrials, etc. For the entire lesson period, you are to make only positive statements to anyone about your finances, including to yourself. And she says, just be thankful. I didn't say that you were to have no negative thoughts about your finances. That will naturally follow in time. No negative statements about your finances. <laughs> she might not have meant it with that tone. The tone is Jeanette. Um, okay, and then number five from lesson one. Keep notes or a journal and every night write down in a brief list all the good things that happened to you that day. Make a note of all income, but pay particular attention to unexpected income. This reminds me of Ming's Blue Money journal. This learning process will open the channels for income and opportunities to flow to you sometimes from very unexpected sources. Okay, then there is like a follow-up to lesson one. She calls it Marilyn's Mula Magnetizer, and that is got to flip a lot of pages to find... Oh, here it is. (laughs) I accept prosperity as my divine right. Oh, Oh, wait, that's just a new affirmation. I accept prosperity as my divine right. Then the next page is Marilyn's Mula Magnetizer, which she promised me several pages before, and it's I am receiving... Comma, I am receiving now, period. I am receiving all of the wealth that the universe has for me now, period. Oy, oh, my God, wait a minute. I, I have heard that before. That I that, In fact, I made a pin of that. It's on really? GBU. Oh, yes. Wow. I am receiving. I am receiving now. Where did I hear that? I think I got that from the Soul Currency book, and it may have been like a Catherine Ponder. I think it's a Catherine Ponder. Oh. I wouldn't be surprised because she, she quotes Catherine Ponder elsewhere in the book, but I don't see it here. In She calls it Marilyn's Moolah Magnetizer, and I, there, I do not see Catherine Ponder getting credit for it right here. <laughs> okay, then there's a part three that's, this is still lesson one. Uh, it's follow-up to lesson one. There's a downloadable recording, highlights of the group mentoring session, and a prosperity meditation that she gives us links to where you find that stuff she does so uh i haven't listened to any of that stuff so now you have it that's the (laughs) two weeks to unexpected income with the simplest prosperity laws available delivered yeah i'm with meg Um, oh meg maybe you were just quoting me meg says no negative statements about money in capital letters Okay, that's for someone to just do it on a dime. That kind of feels like it could be a little tricky. I think it's worth striving for, but I could see a person getting kind of paranoid, a little resistancy about it, and maybe even a little frustrated because that's not necessarily an easy 
habit to change on a dime, although I understand the power of it. Fully, fully, fully get it. I Anyone who's read the I Am Discourses will understand that one for sure. But, um, yeah, so that's that. Um, I didn't read the prosperity meditation. Should Did you no. feel like you learned anything you didn't no. already know? Okay. No, but I liked it. I will say this. I liked it other than it felt like, okay, I think my my next read on the sacred ego might shed some light on how I'm responding to Marilyn because it could be I just really like her book and I wish I had written it. It could also be she's pretty fond of her feel free to prosper. She's quoting it left and right. Like this proprietary, amazing, could change your life forever. And the buildup was like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait till we get there. And then I got there and I was like, the build, it might have been overly built up. You know, like when someone tells you that, Wonder Woman, everyone told me Wonder Woman would change my life. Okay, it would change people's lives, if not mine. Oh my gosh, people raved about Wonder Woman way too much to me because I was like, okay, okay, I, it was built up too much. I think I experienced that a little bit with Marilyn. So, it, but that could also be that I just wish I had written it. I don't know. I'll know more after I read The Sacred Ego. Oh, my God, I cannot believe me. I'm cracking my own self up. That, it, it, the way she re- she was just, pre- it seemed pretty fond of herself, and that amazes me that, that it irritated me because I am a champion of self-love. You guys have heard my I am statement. I'm, I, I, I have <laughs> laughed at myself when, I, when I'm like, you're pretty full of yourself, aren't you, Jeanette? I'm like, yeah, that's from a lot of practice. Like, I shoot for that. And... Um, and it was just a little off-putting. I just, I just really felt like you didn't really come up with all this yourself, Marilyn. They've been teaching this for a while, and it's powerful, powerful stuff. But um, seriously, law of satisfaction. Right. I That's just me, though. To... You guys will love it. Don't let me, don't let me ruin it for you. It's, it's, it's perfectly powerful material. It really, really is. And if you're ready for it, you will receive it, you know. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it's like it depends on what level you're you're at. I just put the um the graphic ping um in the chat that and yes, Susan had also found it. It's it's from Catherine's book Open Your Mind to Receive. And uh I feel bad I feel bad saying a little bit negative things. I sure hate to stick a call in the library where I'm not saying where I'm not a raving fan. And I am a raving fan of the material. I absolutely am. I really, really am. But boy, to call it your money magnetizer when it's a Catherine Ponder quote. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, it's interesting because people have asked me why I don't write a book. And I'm like, well, but I got all my information from other people. So how... Mm -hmm. I don't feel mm-hmm. like I have anything new to offer that mm-hmm. isn't already currently in print and easily available to you through Amazon. So why would I write a book? Well, people here's say, well, the answer. Yeah, because they can hear it in your words where they might not be able to hear it in Abraham's words or Neville's words. That's why. But when we do it, you know, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a professional courtesy to say where we got it from. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when I read Neville's stuff, I, it is so powerful. I don't know if he put some kind of a spell on his <laughs> work, but when I read it, it's like I literally feel the cells in my body mm-hmm. 
changing. I feel the vibration shift mm-hmm. immediately, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Catherine Ponder, I, I like her too, but it's I have to take it in small bits with her. But still, she's, you know, she was one of the pioneers in the 60s. She was writing this book and, you know, and, and she was in dire straits um, before someone sat her down and taught her this material. And then she started using it and started experiencing, you know, positive results from it. And and then later went on to become a unity um, minister. And, um, you know, she, you know, she's, you know, writ, written this book and many others. And, and I was just on. thinking about how there's a chapter in here on speed dialing the universe. And I, some of you may not know, Gina Gabellini has a very powerful process called Speed Dial the Universe. And I, once upon a time, taught a little group. At, I, it might have been either at GVU or right before we started GVU, and I called it Speed Dial the Universe. I didn't know Gina had that product. She had had it, apparently for a while. I never knew. I never knew. But as soon as I was made aware, I immediately <laughs> emailed Gina and offered her the URL and stopped marketing anything on Speed Dial the Universe because I was kind of mortified that it looked like I was copying my mentor. I I was mortified. I still am to this day. It, it still feels some embarrassment about that because it's hard to believe I wouldn't have run across it. Everyone else knew about it, apparently. Not me. So I made it right when I could. That brings up the whole idea that our thoughts yeah. are not necessarily ours. Ours, yeah. That, that the thoughts <laughs> exist and whoever's open to them receives them and gets them and some get them at one time and some get them at another. The thing <laughs> is, though, you could have been flipping through her site. You could have been reading one of her, you know, emails to her, you know, one of her, I don't know, newsletter emails or whatever. And it could have been there. It mm-hmm. didn't register. It mm-hmm. didn't register consciously, but subconsciously mm-hmm. you took it in. And then when you were looking for a good name for a course, it, that just jumped forward. It could, and, you know, an and it could just name. be a really catchy phrase that everyone really enjoys using. It could be, or it could be like I know inventors have experienced this before, where they apply for patents like basically at the same time. But they created it independent of each other, and there's kind of an argument mm-hmm. about who got it first when really right. they just got it independently. Right. Oh. And and hasn't Abraham also said that that's like really, that's that's proof that the the thoughts are there, there and they're available to anybody. And if you're in the vibrational frequency to receive it, you do. And if you're not, then you don't. And the people that we consider geniuses are just people that are routinely tapping in to, you know, a higher level of consciousness and receiving the information. Did you put yourself on mute, Jeanette? I, I had to yell at my have... dog who is who is oh. barking at men on our porch. He's oh. doing his job. I don't like to yell at him. Is this, the, job, is this so. the same electrician or a different nope. electrician? Two different electricians. I just okay. got a thing for electricians lately, I guess. I don't know what to say. They're all electric around you. <laughs> I got that vibration activated. They're showing up in droves. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I'm a thumbs up on Feel Free to Prosper by Marilyn Jennett. That's me on the record. Okay. 
And, you know, it, it, when I look back over my life, there were books that really spoke to me when I was early on the path, and this might be one of those oh, books yes. that for somebody Whoa. listening could I really have, ring the bells of somebody who's new on the path, whereas a, somebody who's or, been on the path a while. Yes, or if, if they've been on the path. There were a couple of clients I was like, oh, I almost stopped to email them and say, you should get a copy of this book and you should start reading. Like I, I, There were a couple of chapters that I, I thought, even someone who knows this stuff, just the reinforcement. And, and Nancy, I think that's part of the other answer to your question. Like, why would I write something that someone else already has? The reinforcement, it's the same way Abraham keeps giving, the same reason they keep giving workshops. We've all heard it before, but the repetition is helpful for really embracing it. And the way that, she, the way that she's presented it and the stories that she tells along with it, I think are very impactful. So... Yeah, that could be, even not for someone who's new on their journey, I, I got some inspiration from this book. I did. And, I mean, I've, I've pretty much, there wasn't a single new idea in it for me, and I still liked it. I always know that if it's a, if it's a good book for me, as I'm reading it, I find I have to stop and actually do what it's recommending. Like if there's an affirmation or a meditation or something in the book that I feel like, okay, I have to stop and actually play with this, I know that it's really powerful for me. You know, my ex-boyfriend gets mad at me when I do something after someone else tells me to do it. And he'll say, oh, sure, you won't listen to me, but you listen to when so-and-so does it. And that's not actually what's happening. What it is is it's like the third time it crosses my radar. I'm like, okay, pay attention to that. And that's sort of what this book was for me when she talks about no negative words about your finances. That seems like a really good idea. And, w- and the power of writing your affirmations 25 times. I, don't, I won't use the one that she wrote, but I like the idea of I haven't played with written affirmations in a long time, so I might very well do that. I don't know. I might. Yeah, that's I've heard that over the years, you know, write it seventeen times or eighteen times. She's she's clearly got a twenty five times thing. I think mm-hmm. I've I think somewhere in in um Catherine Ponder's book she mentions it as well. But if if you read Catherine Ponder's book, it's literally like a um try this. And if that doesn't work, try that. Oh, and maybe you right. want to try this. And maybe you want right. like it's the kind of book where there's like fifty thousand different things you can do and and she she'll tell you what it is, she'll tell you some success stories related to it, and then you're left to decide whether it's something you want to try for yourself or not. And um so I like but that making room yeah. for our own inspiration to speak to mm-hmm. us. I'm a fan of that. Um and I will say this, she also had a great way of delivering the message around action. I, I, I really did find myself agreeing with just about everything that she shared, especially on action where some were like, well, yeah, sure, we get it. The mindset is important, but then you got to get up and do something. And she was like, well, maybe, maybe not. You do need to follow inspiration, but your inspiration may be to relax a little or rest some more. Well, kudos for her for saying that because that is not a message you hear very often. And, in fact, it's probably only a message I've started hearing in the last three or four years. Mm. And and I've been studying this stuff since the 
late 1970s. So <laughs> for me to only have just like heard it recently, it's just saying that a lot of the teachers and and even some current ones now will come out and say, you know, if you if you're not willing to pick, you know, take action, then forget it. You know, there's still some, well, some teachers. Yeah, not, that say that. Mike Dooley's one of them, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He sure is. And I think it's just a subtle distinction. Like if we just really pay attention to the in, inspiration part of it, and I don't think Mike really emphasizes that in his message. You know, he's not all about do whatever feels good. He's like, just go do something, do anything, just keep throwing pitches. And I, I like the emphasis on let your higher, your higher self, your inner guidance will tell you what there is for you to do. Follow that. Don't just do it from your, like Bashar would call it, your limited physical mind. Don't do it from that place. Let the part of you that knows the way there, let that lead. And, and when we're following that, that's what inspiration and feeling good is. That's what joy is. So that's what, you know, Ming's book, Real Artists Don't Starve, was saying that we owe it to ourselves to do what's in our heart. Mm-hmm. I also think we need to bring our body into it. So one of the things that I find really powerful is to breathe into the affirmation itself. So when I inhale, going back to the um, Catherine Ponder one, I would inhale saying, I am receiving, and also exhale saying, I am receiving, and then go to the next part of it further to feel it in my body as well as mentally. Right on. All right. Let's hear from someone else on some other cool thing without my attitude. (laughs) I don't want to end this call with my little uh, uh. <laughs> well i i've been sharing in um in the forum although i think barbara asked and then she hasn't been back to the forum and nobody else seems to have responded but i really have been getting a lot of juice from watching the healer on tlc's mm-hmm. um monday, monday nights on tlc and i guess this guy he is australian and and they're Somewhere I saw that he's Olivia Newton-John's nephew, but um, I he doesn't talk about it. He doesn't make a big deal about it. He discovered his ability to heal when he was 18 years old. He was at um, he was at a, a wellness retreat, and he said the way it works is the first week it's a two-week retreat. The first week you go there and you you totally relax. The first two first week and everybody kind of you know waits on you and helps you and then the second week you become the server and helper that serves the next round of people that come through and he said it was in that second week he had after he had done his week of relaxation and resting he had um, sat down to eat and he went to reach for his knife and fork and his two hands came together like they were magnetically drawn to each other and at first, he could feel the energy between his hands, and he thought something was wrong with him. And then um, he turned to the lady next to him, and he put his hand out, and he said, feel this. 
and when she felt the energy, she was like, oh, my God. And then somebody else came up to him and put her hand up to him, and she he could feel like a bump in her hand. And um, as she held her hand there, he started moving his hand around, kind of smoothing the bump out. And the woman started crying, and he said, oh, I'm hurting you. I need to stop. And she said, no, 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 you're not hurting me. I can feel it healing my hand. And then wow. she started move, moving her hand, and she said, this finger, I haven't been able to bend this finger for years, and you just wow. healed it. <laughs> and so, and and so he's built on the. And he started. When, he's 35 now. So he started when he was 18. That's 17 years ago. And what he did was he started some businesses in Australia. One of them is a chocolate um, uh, that's um, got less sugar in it than most chocolate, and it's more healthier for you. And um, and he started that company, and it became very successful, and he sold it. And before he sold it, it was selling like $6 million a year in product. So, um, And then he sold it. And then he um, had a second business. It's like a um, marketing design um, business, doing web design, marketing, and illustrations, stuff like that. And that second business is still running, the first one he sold. So he's a multimillionaire. He doesn't need to make money. And um, that, so he's offering his his healing for free right now because he's trying to get quote unquote the medical establishment to pay attention to energy medicine and recognize it as a real thing. And there have been three studies done; two have already been published. One was done by New York University's Lutheran um, Hospital or Medical Center or whatever. And um, the results from that are pretty amazing. Uh, I was, I think I was talking about it on another call. But if you, my understanding is there's two episodes left in the U.S. and then they're moving to the U.K. So mm. if we have any GVU members over in the U.K., they'll be able to start watching the series. I think it's coming out shortly in a month or so. Right on. Um, to the U.K. But it's really... Um, it's just nice to see people who think that they don't have any choice, other choices and they've tried every medical intervention known to man and nothing has helped. And then this guy comes along and in a relatively short time, and I'm, I'm not saying he's the only human being on the planet that can heal. I think actually all of us can we, if we know how to tap into I the I liked energy. your post. Yeah, you posted it to that effect today, Nancy. That, and I think that is a message worth remembering. But you also commented on how sometimes it's facilitated or it's more powerful when we connect with others to do so. Right, like like our, like our blind spots, all of us. And I think that's why coaching and mentoring is so beneficial because the, we all have blind spots that having that coach or that mentor help, a, you know, hold up a mirror so we can see our own blind spot and go, oh, oh my gosh, there it is, that's, you know, I didn't even realize that was there and I've been bumping up against it. And the coach and the mentor can help you see it and then, you know, develop a plan to work through it. And so, you know, because otherwise, I've often wondered why there's all these amazing people with skills and yet their lives don't necessarily reflect the skills that they have. And, and then it just dawned on me that 
Well, if we could help ourselves completely and totally by ourselves without the help of anybody else, why would we need any other? Why would we need friendships? Why would we benefit from knowing any other human beings on the planet? And I think, really, if you look at nature, there's all these symbiotic relationships going on in nature where, you know, a plant will rely on, a, you know, a fungus that will then rely on a tree. And they're all each doing what they came here to do, their gift. And in giving their gift, they're also helping the other aspects of nature. And I think human beings are, you know, kind of like that too. So... Joe Dispenza spoke to that on that just a couple minutes that I caught of that video about what happens energetically when two people come together. He said you have one wave and then the other wave, but together they make a bigger wave. I, I kind of I might be quoting out of context, but I I think that we've all experienced that how 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 much easier the magic is when we are doing it with someone else. Yeah, I think I hear the purring now. It's cute <laughs> and it's very cute. Um, yeah, and and when you think about it, it actually makes the world richer and more enjoyable knowing that everybody is here with a gift. Everybody has something to offer, all of us, not just the geniuses, not just the magical ones. <laughs> you know, I mean, Charlie Goldsmith well, does appear to have like some kind of amazing gift, but the, I guarantee you there are people like him around the globe. He's just got the finances to come forward and say, mm, test mm. me, put me, oh, you know, yeah. put me to the test, prove, you know, prove this isn't real and try it. And well, um, yeah. Well, you you said I guarantee there are people like him around the globe. I thought you were going to say there are people like him on this call because I think that's probably more true than ever before, and I believe it's true for everyone always. But as far as like our our ability to tap it, it just feels like um, what's happening energetically on the planet. More and more people are are able that like it. it there's, I think we'll see the time in our lifetime when that does not seem like an anomaly. And I think the I Am Discourse, when I was reading the I Am Discourses, Jeanette, and I don't know if you had the same experience, I was literally also feeling like energy coursing mm-hmm. through me. Mm-hmm. And as I would say, some of the affirmations and some of the things that were in that book. Um, now, I love Neville too, and I, I find his stuff really powerful, but there was something about that book um, the I Am Discourses, where it, it just felt exponentially powerful. And I there are a few affirmations in there that I use all the time. And the minute I say them, I, I literally feel the energy like flowing through the crown of my head down into my body. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we're all connected energetically. And whatever we do that helps us become more sensitive to that energy and more aware of it yes. instead of ob- oblivious to it. And our, and our willingness to believe that we can instead of thinking, right. that, oh, that's for cool people, not like us. That's for, right. yeah. The thing about Charlie Goldsmith and, and the healer on TLC is that he's, he's trying to get, he's trying to um, get mm-hmm. doctors to choose healers. You know, like doctors would prescribe uh, drugs and then also prescribe 
so many sessions with a healer. And, um, and the thing is, is I don't know that doctors have the choice, mm. you know, um, they're kind mm. of being courted. Most of them are being courted by the pharmaceutical industry. So, yeah. uh, and the pharmaceutical industry does not like to give up its market share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I think, but the, but the good thing that, that Charlie's doing, in my opinion, is he's showing the entire planet and he's showing the U.S., hey, here's the solution to our global health issues. And no, it doesn't have to include drugs. And no, it doesn't have to take a long time. And no, it doesn't have to be um, hard on the body. And that, if that message alone got across to the masses, people would start saying, no, I'm not going to take that drug. I'm, no, I'm not taking it. I'm going to choose something else. And just that alone could shift how the whole um, not just the United States, but the whole planet uh, addresses pain. And didn't you say, Jeanette, I don't know who you were quoting, whether it was Cryon or Pata, didn't you say mm. there was yeah. somebody who said there's going to be a, um, it no more been Janice. pain? It could have been Janice Whiting, Ming's Janice. Um, Ming's Janice. It was I Jeanette's can't. Janet. <laughs> Janice <first. laughs> <laughs> It's Ming's Janice. <laughs> I uh, I have I've heard it more than once. I'm going to say that, and and that just feels very. It just feels very within reach. You know how Bashar talks about how well which reality are you talking about? Uh-huh. But then he also speaks in terms of percentages, and I feel like that one. Ooh, I just got goosebumps. That one's got more than a um, like a slim chance. <laughs> that one feels like oh. Well, that's where I want to go. I definitely feel that when I see Charlie working and I think, you know, this is the message. So all these healers are here and they're out there and they're they're trying to make a living. Some of them have given up and done something else because, you know, but but Charlie has the money to sustain him to do this, to say this is real and take a look at it and take it. I, I, this is Meg. Um, I, you know, it's interesting because as we're having this conversation, and I saw the post on the forums. Like my great great grandmother was a healer, and she was very secretive about it because of the time, um, the stigma associated the stigma. with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, my mom's told me stories. She wished away warts. That was her. That was her skill. Um, and my mom's told me stories about it. But I think where we're at now, and, and I come from, a, I come from, I'm laughing, because I come from a family where, with the exception of me, my sister, and my three half-siblings are all in the medical community. Um, there is, I think there's a greater awareness of alternate methods or old methods um than there has been before and i think we're at a tipping point you know where more of this knowledge is becoming you know like i know cures for colds because i had to learn it because there were several years i didn't have health insurance you know and i know cures that work <laughs> they're not drugs like vicks on your feet with socks overnight totally works 
<laughs> right on. Sucks out all my the mother bad always stuff. did that one. <laughs> so it was, they worked. would stick with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 that it's the old folk medicine. It's all that knowledge that yes, the drug companies hate it. Um, but there's a reason why there's you know cultures around the world who haven't had um, Western medicine that are thriving. Right, you know, and there and there, I do know there are several hospitals in the U.S. I know that some in Arizona and some in um, or um, Washington State, where they've actually trained their nursing staff to learn Reiki, because mm-hmm. they have discovered that when um, and they when the nurses are using the Reiki, those patients heal much faster, which ends up saving money for the hospital, saves money for. You know the insurance company. Everybody loves it. You know? <laughs> so, well, well yeah. Nancy, it's interesting that you said that. My mom, when she had her, um, when she got her brand new hip in May, um, mm-hmm. was asked by the orthopedic nurses and the anesthetist whether she wanted Reiki or not. Like it was an option. What? That's awesome. So awesome. cool. Did wow. she take it? She take she took it and then she goes well my daughter also does Reiki. Oh right on, <laughs> come on. Very good, and you could do that for her. Yeah, but Very you know cool. I mean it's like from her surgery she did acupuncture in addition to everything else to help clear the bruises. Mm-hmm. You know like all this she's doing she you know my sister thinks acupuncture doesn't work. My mom's whole leg looked like I'd beaten her with baseball bat. Oh. <laughs> like, and within two sessions, the all the bruising was gone from acupuncture. I'm taking Cookie, my new kitty, to get acupuncture next week. Yeah, so I'll have to let you know how it goes. <laughs> well, I did I did K touch acupuncture with Susie. We did not like the healer, so I have to find a different healer. Ming knows Sus. He has definite strong opinions about people one way or the other. He did not like the healer, so we have to find someone else. So, but yeah, I think I think we're at a point where ten years from now, like we're gonna see such a shift in our medical establishment. Like, you know, I'll join you in that thought, Meg. I like that. Hospitals will have naturopaths, Reiki, acupuncture, massage therapists Mm -hmm. on staff. Right, which is why. Which is why when when they were talking about how we might be losing health care, there was a part of me that went, hey, wait, this could actually be really good. <laughs> this could be, I mean, first of all, we wouldn't have anybody forced to buy something that they don't want to use to begin with. And, and second of all, um, it could open the door because people are looking to save money. It could open the door mm-hmm. to more and more, you know, alternative uh, medicine and you know, I'm a raving fan of alternative medicine when I came up against doctors who could not help me at all. And then the next day found a woman who took care of it with absolutely no side effects. And it cost me less than it would have cost if I went to my doctor. Because with all mm-hmm. the copay, with all the copays and the drugs, I would have had to go multiple multiple times and buy the drugs and you know it would take it a year and blah blah blah. And this woman healed me in like two weeks with with um, vitamins. <laughs> I mean, it was well, and homeopathic cool. homeopathic stuff and some vitamin supplements. So yeah, it's no, I mean, yeah, 
the thing that's on my leading edge right now of um, of work is working with chi. And um, mm. the I just ordered a book by Mantek Chia. Have you heard of Mantek Chia? M-A-N-T-A-K, and his last name is C-H-I-A. He's from Thailand, and he, he's been a master since he was really young um, of all kinds of forms of Tai Chi and Qigong and, and all these um, wonderful ways of moving energy. And if you go on YouTube and watch his videos, like interviews and things with him, it's just mind-blowing um, talking about how the chi lives in our body and how when we begin to move it and we begin to use it in the proper way, that it's incredibly transformative. Um, I'm reading the book, The Multi-Orgasmic Man, you know, that teaches men how to have multiple orgasms, and, and it's written by him, and it, it just teaches amazing ways to take the energy up one's spine and into the brain and into the heart, and, and people talk about it just changing their entire life. You know, it changes, it changes everything. And so I, I ordered his book called The Inner Structure of Tai Chi, Mastering the Classic Forms of Tai Chi and Qigong, um, because he, the way he explains it is so accessible. It's just amazing. It's like you're not listening to wondrous, um, you know, difficult to understand stuff. He, he makes it really practical. Hey, so Tom. Interested cool. in that. Yeah. Hey, hey does um, and it just went right out of my head. There was something I wanted to ask you about that, <laughs> about him. <laughs> went boom. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that I'm not the only uh, one that happens. But, to. but you know, um, somebody recent, I think on the last call when I mentioned what Charlie Goldsmith do, did, they said, oh, that sounds, isn't that basically like chi, moving chi? Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. So a couple years ago, I shared on GVU uh, an astrologer who was talking mm-hmm. about um, moving the energy up the spine and into the brain, and he said when you get past the vagus nerve, it it actually raises, there's some oil in the, in the brain stem or something, and uh, that oil is referred to as Christos, and when the energy crosses the vagus nerve, it creates like a cross. Right, and his this guy's argument was that this is what the real resurrection is, what mm. the real, um, you know, story of Christ is, is the actual movement of the energy up the spine into the brain. So I was yeah. curious what I was curious what people said. How did people say their lives had completely changed? Well, you know, it's the same as if you read about Kundalini rising and how that was. Mm-hmm. That's all. You know, the whole Kundalini. It's the same yoga. thing. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. the same thing. And um, I don't know, I'm, I'm dating this woman right now whose entire life was changed uh, from the time she was a little girl because of it. She became psychic. Um, she has amazing t- in touch with her feelings. Um, she has this incredible faith in life. She doesn't even do any law of attraction stuff, but she just receives constantly from life. Um, I don't know, it's just, just a way of being vibrating with with what life energy is. And some of the men who talked about doing the multi-orgasmic practice, they, they said that um, their thoughts, once this energy reached their brain, they, they discovered levels of ecstasy and joy that they had never known. And then that informed all the other areas of their life. Or that when it reached their heart, they were able to finally ha- feel their feelings. They were finally able to relate to other people and with, from their feelings, from their heart, instead of just from their head. Um, uh-huh. So all, all kinds of really beautiful things. 
I'm, and when you think about way, it, I can feel it already changing my life a lot um, in the last four weeks or so. And I'm just not the same person. <laughs> mm, very cool. But, and when you think about when they're talking about reaching states of ecstasy, they haven't, that's like raising your vibe, right? That's yeah. raising your consciousness to a place where you're more able to accept and receive the higher vibrational energies that were always there. You just couldn't, weren't really aware of them or receptive to them. Yeah, they talk about it a lot as getting really out of your mind a lot and dropping into the body and into the heart, but that the mm-hmm. energy that's that's moving in the body and the heart is so incredibly transformative that it, you know, I start to realize that's, maybe that's more our nature than our thinking mind in a sense. Um, or, you know, they all go together, but I'm just feeling like it's a, I'm being called by life to go in this direction and that there's not much, I, re, I don't want to, do anything except just go, you know, mm-hmm. towards that energy, feeling it more. Right. Yeah, I know when I started doing the pure awareness meditations, I I started feeling that I would literally drop out of the brain and into the heart, but then I would enter into the entire state of my body mm-hmm. and then extend the energy out beyond my body, out into the cosmos. And the thing is, is that I wouldn't have active thoughts in my mind, but I would have um, knowing come to me, if that makes any sense. Sure. Like, Like answers would come to me, but it wasn't in a form of a thought. It would be like a feeling that I just understood mm-hmm. what it what it meant. In, and It's like the intuition, really, right? Even beyond that, well, for me, for me, intuition comes when I get intuition. A thought shows up, and then I have a pressure at my um, just below my throat chakra and above my heart chakra. I get like a slight pressure there, and to me, that's what intuition is for me. And Mm -hmm. the knowing that I receive when I'm in pure awareness is like I'm tapping into universal knowledge wow. so it's a completely different feeling but it is so addictive it just it feels so good that like every day i want i want to experience it and uh and i find myself you know wanting to just stop and take a minute or two minutes or five minutes or ten minutes or whatever i have to tap into that energy and feel it even if i don't have a question even if i'm not wondering about something or have something to solve. I just have a desire to experience that energy because it feels really good. And Jeanette has asked, is that the vortex? And I don't know. It could be. It feels really, really good. And it feels like it just <laughs> kind of, it feels like when you stop, when the when the, the thoughts just naturally cease because you're sensing your body from the inside and when you're using that part of your brain you're turning off the language centers and well, so when naturally yeah if you the the Tao de the Tao de Ching you know uh-huh, Lao Tzu uh-huh. talked and he was the you know that Tao work was the foundation of Chinese philosophy and Chinese understanding for thousands of years still is and um and you as you read the, that you know he talks about just being in this place where you're receiving from the Tao, you're receiving from the great mother constantly. And that's, and it's sort of like the epitome of Abraham talking about totally letting go to 
to trusting that it's already created in your vortex and all your job is to be receptive to allowing it in. You know, that right. your entire job, they say 100% of your job as a human being is your receptivity to well-being. Well, if that's 100% of my job, then it's almost like that thing Jeanette was saying about too much surrender. What is too much surrender to that? You know, like to allowing this energy to to be the determiner of my life. You know, if, if that's if that's the true self that I am as an infinite being and I'm completely connected to that, how much manipulation do I need to be doing and how much receptivity do I need to be having? Right. And that's where my biggest question these days is, you know, it's like, because this lady I'm, I'm dating, she says, you, you got to get rid of the entire idea of I. Just completely get rid of the idea of I and just receive from the universe. This great mother is totally taking care of you. The Tao is totally taking care of you, but few people let themselves go to it to the degree that they 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 start seeing it taking care of everything for them. You know, there's always divine intervention taking place. So this the, woman that you're dating, is she experiencing things being taken care of for her? She says so. You know, and she's she's run the She met the Tom. She's doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> she's been a Jungian analyst for 40 years, but she's been running the Temple of the Sacred Feminine on the East Coast since the 70s. And uh, it's been, it was one of the, the only early places for women to go to who had PTSD and, and traumatic um, problems to, to just work with other women to work out these things. And, um, and, but she claims all of her work has been based on the Tao. It's been based on trusting the Great Mother to take care of everything. So she teaches women to, you know, have this level of trust and this level of surrender and this giving up all control to this Great Mother. And um, in her life, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I, don't, I can't figure her out actually. This, <laughs> this lady, this lady, ah, the pretty great challenging. mystery. The great mystery is not intended to be known, right? right. <laughs> the great mystery is woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. This is the note I needed to end this call on. I'm really glad we, I'm glad you guys shared. Tom, thank you for chiming in. And Nancy, your contributions as well. I'm feeling pretty sky high with the ideas and the thoughts you've been sharing here today. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And I um like Ming, I also had a client at the top of the hour, so I should probably wrap up here. <laughs> and um, I'll look forward to hearing what everyone has been playing with on our next call, but don't wait until then to share. That's what our resources forum is for at GVU. So if you've got something that's really got you lit up or something to offer, please post it there for us, and maybe we can hear about it on our call next month. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great day. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.